everyone, welcome to the Resilience Pod, the podcast helping you become resilient in our world full of disruptions. You're here with me, your host, Rena Singh. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I'm truly grateful. Today we're talking and reflecting on the pandemic and what that has meant for us in the resilience industry with my next guest, who is a very special one, who is a multi-award winner, author, international speaker, trainer, coach with experiences in a multitude of sectors covering multiple levels of executive roles, spanning over 35 years experience in different resilience industry domains. Wow, what better person to speak to this topic about this topic than my next guest, Daman Sood from India. Hi, Daman, how are you? Good. Thank you very much, Serena. Good, I hope good. you are well. I am good. We are very excited to have you on the Resilience Pod. I'm uh, very happy to be here. Yeah. Fantastic. Thank you for coming on. So today's topic, as I mentioned earlier, is, is kind of reflecting on the COVID pandemic because it's something that's okay. not going away, even though we thought it was uh, back, back in a year ago. And the first question I really want to ask you, which is on all of our minds in the resilience industry, specifically business continuity folks, is yes. was COVID and is COVID a business continuity event? This question has been going in around a lot, Rina. <laughs> um, I would say it is, no doubt, it is business continuity event, mm-hmm. but I would like to add a little more, but there's a myth being created or misconception has been created. People believing COVID-19 is BCM. Mm. COVID-19 is not BCM. It is one particular incident that happened. It maybe is only 1%. BCM is much more than that. Many people, you know, conception of becoming, we have managed COVID-19 pandemic by working from home. <laughs> Even a client actually told us, they won't stop this work, BCM implementation for us. We don't need it. Now we know, work from home. So that is misconception. We need to be clear about that. That myth needs to be broken. COVID-19 yeah. pandemic yeah. is not BCM. It is one of the BCM events for sure, no doubt about it. Mm. And it's, you know, it's really funny that you say that some organizations are saying, right, forget it now, we know what we're going to do. Surprising. <laughs> I, I see, it's like, it's so true. And you think, I think, oh, maybe it's just like some of the people that I'm speaking to and it's only a, a handful of organizations, but it's quite interesting that you're seeing that too. And it's yes, it's, yes. it's probably not a business continuity event. It's, it's a small part of it. So that's really interesting. Um, and if anybody has a challenge on that, uh, I, we would like to hear, right? To see what, yes. you know, what is it? Um, what is it that you think it is? Um... Exactly. So if you allow me to add a little more, you know, mm-hmm. what I'm saying is it was a different type of event. Mm. The last pandemic we saw about 11 years ago mm. was fine flu. And that was different. COVID-19, no one in the world was prepared for COVID-19. This is what I would like to say. Even if we said 15 years of BCM journey, 10 years of BCM journey, even certification for 5, 10 or 15 years, no one in the world was prepared for COVID-19 pandemic the way it happened. The difference was that in my VC plan, if I had a VC plan, in my VC plan, I would have thought of pandemic would impact my people. That's what happens. So my backup, backup resource, 
cross skilled resource documented procedures abc succession planning all those are the strategies for people missing mm. this time people were not missing we were lucky we didn't fall sick that's why we could work from home so pandemic this time not did not impact people so what i mean to say is we know millions of people are sick have died also but most of us have been lucky right offices got locked down that would never happen we wouldn't have planned for office being locked because of pandemic mm-hmm. so this is how it was different and when people are thinking we have worked and it's okay this is going to be new norm something like that people could work from home because people were happy healthy mm-hmm. this is what we have to understood understand clearly yeah it's quite insightful isn't it and it's it's one of those things that we're probably still going to be talking about 5 years down the line 10 years down the line um we've uh, not thought yes yeah uh, absolutely um and and following on from that so uh, you you alluded to earlier that you know some organizations they stopped doing business continuity activities yes um do we even need a bcm now because there's that view that oh yeah the pandemic's <laughs> happened we don't need it so i would like you to specifically answer this and then talk to us about what you think the future of this discipline is good one <laughs> so i i i gave a phrase a question i generated myself to talk about that is bcm dead <laughs> and the reason was one i'm saying a live case client said come and stop this work but even before we reach that pace actually i was talking to a group of risk heads about 60 big companies heads of risk management and they would believe we are doing risk and we are happy healthy it was the beginning beginning of covid 19 right so we had not or they had not seen it fully yet and then i had to talk to them and had to explain to them a little, little difference yes both are close risk management and bcm are close right go hand in hand my way of saying is wherever risk management stops or stopped bcm will pick up from there and continue beyond that so there is linkage for sure they are not replacement to each other they are complementary to each other we do need bcm bcm is not dead cannot be dead the future my way of saying is it's a journey from r to r from risk to resilience which is my current passion actually organizational resilience and that is very big topic people have not understood yeah. so my journey from r to r that's that's what the future i see from risk to bcm to resilience or i am saying a journey from erm to erm what used to be enterprise risk management has to be enterprise resilience management according to me and i'm actually looking forward to a new role in the corporates in the organization mm-hmm. which would be soro c o r o okay chief organizational resilience officer i do not know anyone yet in any organization but i see that's the future we need to move to organizational resilience 
Yeah, and I guess business continuity is one element of that in the wider picture. Um, uh, And so go back to your point, which I like, BCM is not dead. Uh, It's it's probably going to be enhanced, isn't it? And and the need for that. I like that. Yes, it needs to be enhanced. Yes. Yeah, it's it's a tricky one because some organisations in this pandemic have fully embraced the need to it and you've got a business case like that, like you click of a finger, like let's do it. On the other flip side is no, forget it, like we don't need it, we're going to get rid of all our, our continuity right. stuff. And But in terms of reflections from this global pandemic and some of the lessons learned, and guys, there's hundreds of lessons learned out there. This is just right. a, a little chat with, with each other just to kind of reflect on it. The, the biggest thing that's happened in this pandemic is everybody's working from home. Right. I'm, I'm in my home, you're in your home, um, right. you know, is, and, and I keep seeing this all over the internet, like working from home, it's the new norm. Um, right. But is it really, is it really the new norm? It's a big challenge, Rina. My personal views which are based on personal experiences, as well as over 60 surveys that I've conducted in the last nine months or so. Wow. And in all those surveys, one common question. During lockdown, are you eagerly, this is to be noted, are you eagerly looking forward to going back to office? (laughs) Or if it's open now, so I'm changing your question, were you, during lockdown, were you eagerly looking forward to going back to office? Guess what? 45 to 55% people saying yes to that question. Yes, eagerly looking forward to going back to office. Average is 50. So one could say the month 50 are saying, okay to work from home. That's fine. My focus is on the other 50 who said, eagerly looking forward to going back to office. My interpretation of this is that there is some pain at home. And we need to look at that pain. And by the way, again, Rina, based on uh, study surveys that I've conducted, it's not one single pain. (laughs) Infrastructure could have been one, Mm. IT as well as non-IT, right? But in the past, many of us, many organizations would have said work from home. It was not new. Once in a week, once in a month, I used to work from home, right? So we were, many of us were used to this term, right? But... Now I'm working from home for long, Hmm. daily. Mm -hmm. There is a huge difference in this. IT is the easiest portion in that. A laptop and a connectivity at the most a secured connection, we would say, right? We know in the world, different countries, some studies have come out, some are not out yet. That home violence is number of home violence have gone up. Number of divorces have gone up. People are stressed, Mm. but we don't want to admit. We don't want to say, even I may not like to say I'm stressed. You know, we feel shy of this, that the money is stressed. Yeah. Then some companies, even large, big, large numbers, uh, corporates in the world claiming that productivity has gone up. Mm. Serious look required on that. My productivity has not gone, gone up necessarily. My output has increased because I'm not working eight hours anymore. I'm working nine, 10, 20 hours, perhaps. People are saying, work-life balance. 
I'm happy. I'm able to spend more time with family. Think again, please step back and think again. If we admit, you know, if we admit. In the past, we would have said work from home for work-life balance. In my studies, one of the biggest pain, biggest pain people are saying work-life imbalance, not work-life <laughs> balance, work-life imbalance. Some people are just saying I'm missing the office environment. Then there are different age groups. Some people have spent 15 years in the corporate. I have spent mm. 35 years, right? Some people have spent five years, but they are young generation also. All countries would have. Some countries, if you think of India, there's a lot, lot more, big, large number of the young workforce mm. who have not seen the corporate world. They wanted to see the corporate world and they can't go to office. They are stressed. Yeah. So these multiple points, multiple points. Okay. Um, number of divorces, I said, have gone up. Then people saying, we're spending more time with family, but I'm spending 14 hours on laptop. So I'm actually taking family's time. I have done about 60 small to big, medium, large size of certifications in mm -hmm. last 10 months. Many courses. Every yeah. day we have yeah. one, two, three webinars. All of us are attending those. Yeah. How am I attending those? Out of <laughs> office hours? Then I'm not, I'm not honest to my office. Mm. Or out of office hours? That means I'm taking family's time. We need to admit this and we need yeah. to understand. There are many, many pains. Yeah. And IT is easiest portion. <laughs> How many people do we have? That's what we have to think. Of. My company says Daman work from home. Oh, but there may be spouse also working from home if he or she is working. Yeah. There may be kids, grown up, working or studying. So everyone is at home. Totally speaking, even a four years child, I have grandson. Four years, toddler is studying from home. So how many desks, desktops, laptops do we need? One, four, five, six. How many desks do we need? Do we have space? Anyone, anywhere in the world. Those are bigger challenges. Because of which a lot more may come out. I'm talking to some counselors. Mm. Right? Yeah. She tells me. The number of counseling sessions, my demand has increased. Wow. Because of COVID-19 pandemic. So good business for her. But that means there's something ha happening in the society. So it's a big, big challenge. I believe it should not be, it, it cannot be made the new norm. We need to go back to office. There are so many various reasons. Some people could be more disciplined than me. Yes, that's possible. Yes. So it may be a little different opinion, experience. But generally, generally, people want to go back. Mm. I have one son, he's working in Scotland, but I'm not today. I'm saying I have three kids in at home. <laughs> Other than him, my wife didn't appreciate this initially because her schedules got disturbed. Yeah. Her time, yoga time, TV time, reading, book time got disturbed. So did she didn't appreciate that initially. Then this four years old grandson, he comes so excited to meet me and I, I show hand to him. Hold on, please. I'm on job. I feel guilty. Yeah. What impression am I leaving on that four years old child? It's because of COVID-19, because I'm working from home. Mm. 
and the third kid i say is my mother who is 90 years old <laughs> she doesn't understand lockdown and work from home she believes we are on strike <laughs> i'm not going to the office i'm protesting she keeps asking me when are you going to give up on this strike when are you going to go back to office a long long list arena uh, and i'll be happy to talk to anyone or share my uh, findings based on my surveys anyone who is interested in, in yeah i mean that's so interesting like the results that you've got from this survey that you've taken the initiative to do um because so some of us at one point will have had um or seen that this is the new way of working from home and like you don't factor in these considerations and it makes us more stressed which actually then doesn't make us as an individual resilient so how can we then go off and do resilient subjects like business continuity and organizational resilience if we're like imbalanced or in, exactly. in stress so yeah, that's really interesting. What made you carry out this survey? Like, why did you do it? Oh, so, so, okay. It's easy to answer that question. I'm a trainer and consultant, you know. Yeah. Right? And in the past, I would have said no to online virtual trainings. I would mm. have lost business. Clients used to ask them, and I have some people in this country, some people in that country. Why don't you train all video content? There was no Zoom at that time. No, my <laughs> yeah. We used to call video conferencing, and I was never happy with the quality of the video conferencing, even if the technology was improving. And the vendors would say, "Now, the this is real." But the day I would have to use it, there would be some audio or video break, either at my end or at the other mm. person's end. So I used to say, "This is not a meeting. This is not a call. This is a training." So no on video conferencing, but. Come March last year, we had to shift immediately. We did this. So I have done in last nine months, I have done about 120 days of trainings delivered. About 500 plus people trained across companies and countries. Wow. Because with online now, there is no bar. Yeah. Same session people could be attending from different countries. So in each, each training, I was asking this question. This is how I've conducted most of these surveys. Then in between, I have delivered webinars. So during BCI, BCI Awareness Week, during, during BCI Education Week, and I deliver many webinars. So in each webinar, I'll make one poll. This is one question. Are you eagerly looking forward to going back to office? Because I had these impressions already that this is not very good. So I wanted to know from people what is the experience and across companies and countries. So this is how these 60 surveys mm. have been done, mostly during my training sessions or during webinars that have been conducted. I mean, I guess that's the best way to do research, isn't it? And to see how people are feeling and what their level of, of personal resilience is to this, right. this global pandemic that's going on. And I feel like everything we've discussed and what you've said and just the reflection on it is that we do need, we do need, um, business continuity, resilience, Definitely. Definitely. we do, we need a balance and that can't be whatever exactly. that might be for the individual. It could be home yes. or work, but we need that. The office yes. is probably here to stay uh, in, in the future, really. And, and so much more. So, yeah, so much more, you know, people are not asking. People do not speak. We are human beings. We know I'm yeah. not a psychologist. I'm yeah. not a psychologist. 
but I claim that I understand human psychology a lot. We have something in my heart, in my mind, but I don't speak, I don't ask questions. It's a difficult time. Companies are also going through difficult times. Some people have lost their bonuses, no bonuses, salary delays, salary cuts, no salaries, final yeah. layoffs also. How do I ask a question? I'm scared. In the past, when we would work from home, there were many companies had that concept already. If I would work from home, I would be paid extra compensation. <laughs> because company saves, so company shares a portion. Now I'm working from home. Shall I get paid more? Yes or no? Was this, you know, if you want to say guts to ask this question. If the man asks, the man is shown the door. So the man doesn't ask. That doesn't mean the man doesn't have this question in mind. Yeah. So this is what yeah. we need to know. I keep saying it's all about people. IT and building is very easy. Switch off, switch on. We cannot switch off and switch on people. We need to go a little deep into people issue. Absolutely. I just love that last bit that you said, um, you know, all the systems and processes, they're, they're logical, but people are emotional, aren't they? Yeah, emotional. Simple. Yes. So it's, it's a, I'm it's asking a really one more question. Yeah. And I do not have this answer yet. Yeah. I'm asking, I'm asking that question is, have you really, any organization, done a real assessment of the impact of COVID-19, even if 10 months gone? Mm. Formal assessment which would be revenue. And many companies perhaps would be able to say yes. But what is that amount? Everyone says this is confidential. So not known to anyone. But other than revenue, I'm saying there is emotional impact. Who has done that emotional impact assessment? This answer is not coming out yet. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that study also. Yeah, yeah, and you know what? That's a really good point, and something that if we're, if you are listening, it's the audience or or watching us. Why don't we go back to our organizations and ask that question? How are we measuring it? Yes, we're always going to do it in terms of financial because that's business yes. sense. But what about our people? Like putting on um, a couple of webinars just to promote well-being isn't looking, isn't the, isn't it doesn't tick the box for people's emotion. That's only a part of it. So I think brilliant question. We need to go away. I've got to ask my employers this question. <laughs> and, you know, more than BCM professionals demand increasing. I believe, I feel those counselors, emotional counselors, their demand has to increase in the world. They should be more need of emotional counselors. Yeah. If we didn't have any in the office, we need to have one. If we had one, we need to have two. If we had two, we need to have four. I believe yeah. that, that has to be and the way forward. Do you know what was interesting about that is that in traditional business, uh, in traditional pandemic plans, rather than business continuity plans, you always you traditionally would have someone who's looking at the emotional side of it, like a psychologist to talk yes. about uh, a pandemic event. So actually, how many organizations actually had a pandemic plan and then looked at the psychological welfare of their organization? Um, and have they so doubled that? Yeah, this is so interesting, Rina. In the past, some organizations would say, I would say more, most organizations perhaps would say, we have a counselor in the office. We need counseling. You know, when once in a year, when those increments and promotions results are declared, <laughs> some people would need counseling. This is not that counselor we are talking about now. It's a different counselor and more in number. People need to talk. And we need to listen to people. Yeah. And, and just 
funny enough on that point how i mean i don't know if it's going to be an answer for us but just like off the cuff when we're talking about this those counselors they're going to need counseling too because they're going through this pandemic exactly. as well so how yes. do we measure that and how do we know that they're in that if i'm a counselor am i in that right frame of mind because i'm dealing with the pandemic too yes so yes. that's really interesting and then we feel a little more some people continue to work from home uh, from mm -hmm. office sorry they were yeah. allowed essential services you know yeah. power water utility hospitals police they had to be in office right now there is a difference being created there is reena who is staying at home there is daman who is going to office oh my god now there is a difference between she and me mm. is anyone asking me any question about me what do i feel about this you know i have to go to office and work from office is my life not important that's the feeling i may be getting i may be getting yeah this, this is huge challenge emotional assessment yeah and i think um i definitely know that some organizations are considering this by asking their people their staff like do you feel how do you feel do you want to go in the office do you not right. uh, do you want flexible working and flexible working right. in the real terms not one yeah. day a week or like half a day but <laughs> at what percentage you know and it's is and then actually listening to that and then changing it for the better so right very valid questions and i think we all need to go away and think about like where where we're working and saying are we being yeah. asked those questions and then if you're in that position where you are responsible for people have you, have you asked that question <laughs> have you asked that question <laughs> and it's a difficult question I you agree. understand i'm not saying the, all these are easy questions no i'm saying these are difficult questions but it's time for us to ask these difficult questions and answer these difficult questions as bc managers or as top management leadership we need to attempt to answer these difficult questions indeed we do well thank you so much daman for sharing a bit of your insights um you know you've got there's so many so much more we could talk about but in this short episode it's really great to kind of hear some of I'm your happy. thoughts um thank any you very much you initiated this with me thank no you no problem much. any final thoughts for our listeners or viewers from you so once again i'll say people issue when i teach if i teach one day course on bcm at least 10 times i would make would have made this statement it's all about people building it is very easy so let's start thinking deeply into that admit that we have a challenge if we do not admit then there is no possibility of a solution mm -hmm. i admit and i still may not have a solution nothing comes free in this world right i want to resolve a challenge there is going mm. to be some cost it may be effort only it may be money also mm. so nothing comes free in this world so i may say okay i don't want to invest that much but at least it's known to me i have admitted that i have a risk at hand mm -hmm. a challenge at hand so that's what we should attempt no one is perfect in this world no one is perfect in this world there is always possibility of improvement so we should look forward to that improvement and most likely from aristo resilience a risk bcm resilience all are required i'm not saying resilience is more important 
but again we'll talk some other day the scope is huge for organizational resilience scope is huge yeah along with bcm and risk and crisis and itdr all still required information security cyber security all still required but perhaps we wouldn't have thought in the past that even employee engagement client satisfaction those are also part of organizational resilience so that that's what i mean to say this is way forward mm. towards moving towards organizational resilience Thank you so much for sharing that final thoughts and, and reflecting on this big incident that has happened to us, the, the COVID pandemic. It's, it's safe to say that it's an exciting time to be in this industry uh, right. for us as professionals and that it is very much needed, but there's other considerations like your people. <laughs> Please, if you take anything <laughs> away, take that away. So Babin, thank you so much for, for coming much. on the, the Resilience Pod. If people want to connect with you or find out more where can they where can they do so and how they can find me on linkedin linkedin okay Easily. perfect they can write to me yes my email id also is available there but otherwise quickly delhi bombay delhi dbd sooth at hotmail.com it's easy Perfect. Well, thank you once again. Thank you once again, Daman, for, for sharing your insights. Another one of our international guests, guys. So thank you very much. And thank you to each and every one of you who has tuned in today, whether you are watching us or you are listening. I'm truly grateful. If you liked this episode or you want to challenge things or put your own comments, let us know in the comments below. Like it. Come and join me, Rena Singh, on the Resilience Pod podcast page on LinkedIn and on Instagram at resilience pod also if you want to uh, have first dibs on all content then come and subscribe on the resiliencepod.com website so until next time this is me your host rena singh with damasud saying bye and keep on investing in your resilience great